Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. In my own little world, it hardly ever rains. I've never gone hungry, always felt safe. I got some money in my pocket, shoes on my feet. In my own little world, population me. I try to stay awake during Sunday morning church. I throw a 20 in the plate, but I never give till it hurts. And I turn off the news when I don't like what I see. Yeah, it's easy to do when it's population me. What if there's a bigger picture? What if I'm missing out? What if there's a greater purpose? I could be living right now. Stopped at a red light, looked out my window Saw a cardboard sign, said helpless, homeless widow And just above that sign was the face of a human And I thought to myself, God, what have I been doing?
I love when you guys do that song. All righty. So, I don't really have a joke today. <laughs> Actually, I do, but I kind of thought about it and thought, I don't know if I want to tell that joke. I'll tell it real quick. So this guy is driving with his wife, and he's speeding, and he gets pulled over by the cops, by a police officer. And the police officer says, sir, did you realize that you were speeding? And he goes, no, I didn't realize I was speeding. And his wife said, yes, you did, Harry. You, Harry, you just said you were speeding. That's why I speeding. And, then, and he turns with, shut up. And then the guy says, well, um, did you realize that you're not wearing your seatbelt? And he said, oh, no, I just pulled it. Actually, I was wearing it. I took it off when you pulled me over. And, he, and his wife said, no, you didn't. I was just telling you all the way to put your seatbelt back on. And he said, well, you shut up, woman. And the police officer said, ma'am, does your husband always talk to you that way? She said, not really, only when he's drunk. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I guess you get guys did too. <laughs> oh, wow. Spring is awesome, isn't it? It's starting to warm up. We're finally, Michigan's finally getting up with the par, up to par, right? I was um, thinking about this month and how this month for us in unity represents imagination. And the disciple that represents imagination those of you who took my class, who's that disciple? Do you remember? Bartholomew. Bartholomew. I tried to do a quick, a quick test. Next time I'll tell you there's going to be a test. <laughs> a pop quiz. But you remember the color, right? Green. Green is blue. The color is blue. That's why I'm wearing my blue. It is blue. Anyway, um, I was thinking about that because, you know... We have been talking about owning who we are since the beginning of this year when we did our white stone ceremony and we decided on what was the next thing that we were going to be working on this year. And so we've been talking about owning it. And last month we talked about owning your power of dominion, that you actually have control and authority over your life. You have control to co-create with God that which you would like in your life. And actually you co-create those things you don't want as well. So as I was thinking about that, I was wondering, what is it that keeps us from actually co-creating? And as I thought about that, the story about Doubting Thomas came up. And it's interesting because my dad always calls, called me Doubting Thomas. He doesn't call me that much as more. I mean, that much anymore, but he's always called me Doubting Thomas growing up because I'd pray for things, and then I would try to seek for the evidence that it would happen, right? And my dad was like, well, if you're going to trust God, you got to let it go. So it made me remember, as I've been thinking this week, about Jesus, uh, when Jesus came to see the disciples after he was resurrected. You guys remember that story? He showed up, and he just appeared on the scene. And actually, the doors were locked and the windows were closed and everything, too, because they were hiding out. And he appears and he says, peace be with you. Then he shows them that it's him, and then he leaves. Now, at the time, Thomas wasn't there. So they tell him about uh, Jesus coming, and he goes, I will not believe it until I see 
then touched the marks on his hands and put my hand in the hole in his side. So, of course, Jesus appears again. And this section that he, where he appears is called, doubting, is called um, Jesus appears to Thomas for a reason. And in the scripture, which is actually in John, I don't have my, my clicker. I was going to do it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Dwayne is some sweet business. Thank you, Dwayne. It's in, um, see, asking you shall receive. It's in John chapter 20, verse 29. And this is the New Living Translation. When Jesus appears, he tells uh, Thomas to touch his hands, and he tells him to touch the hole in his side. And then Thomas goes, "Um, my Lord, my God. And then Jesus says this part right here. You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. One of the reasons that we do not have our prayers answered is because, number one, we don't believe what we're praying. So today I'm going to speak on, ta-da, ta-da, believe it to see it. (laughs) Did you know I was a magician? And and so we're going to work with that scripture in John, and we're going to work with another scripture in Matthew, which is going to appear in just a minute. There we go. You are so good, Dwayne. Now, Jesus loved children, and one of the reasons why he loved children is so much is because they had this vast imagination, and they trusted easily, and they were humble. And so he tells us, because he's not just talking to the disciples, we are disciples of Jesus because in unity, we believe that Jesus is our way shore and we follow the teachings of Jesus Christ and we take Christianity and we use it as a practical application in our life, right? Yes? Yes. So he's saying to his disciples, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, read this last part with me. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven represents spiritual consciousness. It represents spiritual consciousness. Now, the only way for you to truly walk and truly be in in the kingdom of heaven is for you to believe. It's for you to believe. You ever heard somebody says, I'll see it when I believe it? Or I believe it when I see it. That's because they're coming from the human expression. They're coming from seeing from their human eyes. They're not using the spiritual eyes of imagination. Today I want to talk about how you can walk in the consciousness of truth in your spirit world. Using your spiritual eyes. Going past what's going on in your situation. And we've talked about this before, but it's really important because if we're going to co-create and if we're going to use that expansion affirmation and really and really expand this church, as we are saying the affirmation, we have to say it with the feeling that this church is full in the imagination, imagining every seat full. Let me ask you a question and be honest with me. When you've been saying the affirmation, have you seen the church full? Have you felt it? So now when you have, you, have you done it when you've gone home too? No. 
You have to continue to do it. You have to continue to imagine how it felt mingling and being around new people and enjoying each other to the point where we're going to need to use our name tags. And, and mingling and, and studying and talking with people about the events that are coming up. And supporting each other and loving each other. And now we're already doing this now. But the more we visualize it and see it and step into it, the more we become a beacon of that and the more we visualize it, the more it goes out. You cannot create without spirit. All creation starts in spirit. All creation starts in your imagination. There is this one little cute story, which you probably have heard before, where this little boy is drawing a picture in, uh, in uh, Sunday school, and a teacher walks up to him and says, what are you drawing, Jimmy? And he says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And he's like, no, and she's like, nobody knows what God looks like. He says they will when I finish. <laughs> His mind is so vast. He believes it even to the point where he could draw God. I'm asking us today to expand your imagination past what you know, to open yourself up, to open yourself up past what you know. Some of us can only imagine what we've already experienced. That's reminiscing. That's lamenting. That's going over things over and over again. That keeps you in a space of resentment. That keeps you in a space of um, creating those things that are unhealthy as well as those things are healthy, that are healthy. But we're made to create and expand and move into who we are in our consciousness. We're created to be more than these physical things and more than what we've already experienced in our life. We're made to let go of expectations on what we think is going to happen and step into what is going to happen in God. I was watching this story, this, this, little, this movie called Letters to God. Has anybody seen that movie or heard of that movie? It's a 10-year-old little boy who has brain cancer. And, he's, and his mailman's picking up these letters, and he goes, and every day, his name is Tyler. He has a, he has a letter for, to God. He's writing these letters to God, and he truly believes that they're going to be answered. He's writing it as if he's writing to a pen pal, as if, he, as if he has a relationship with God. God, I don't understand how this feels. God, my mom is really sad since my daddy has passed. Can you please give her somebody to talk to? Daddy, I, God, I think my brother doesn't like me anymore. I, I, I think he's upset at me because I'm sick. God, can you please help me to help them feel better? And then when he finally gets to go to school after the chemotherapy or radiation treatment that he was having, this little boy, Alex, messes with him. And his friend jumps over the table and punches, pushes his head in mashed potatoes, which was kind of cute. But the thing that happened afterwards, <laughs> and then she looked in there, in the, and then they're in the office waiting, and she looks over him and, over him and sees mashed potato on his face, and she takes it and looks and goes, mm -hmm, pretty good. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. But what really touched me afterwards is that when he went to talk with her, his, his uh, uh, friend's name was Sam, and they went over to her, to, she grew up with her, she was growing up with her grandfather, he was taking care of her, and so she said, I know who will make you feel better is, is my grandfather. 
So his, her grandfather tells him that people are going to talk about you because they're jealous, because God has selected you to be a warrior. God has selected you to go through this and be his representative. And they're jealous about that. How do you think Alex might feel about that? So Tyler goes home and writes a letter to God saying, please help me to help Tyler feel better and not be jealous of me and let him know that it's okay. He's a warrior also. And then he writes a letter to Tyler and asks Sam to give it to him. And Sam says, if he says anything, I'm going to sock him in the face. But the point is, as a child, they believe everything that you tell them. And I know it because I work with little kids, uh, elementary school kids, as a substitute teacher. And when I say things to them to encourage them, like, so-and-so said my hair is ugly. And I'm like, is your hair really ugly? What do you think? I think my hair's pretty. Isn't that awesome you think your hair's pretty? I think your hair's pretty too. What if to you, your hair is the most beautiful hair in the world? Would you believe it? Yes. Well, walk like it. And then they walk around. And no matter what that person says to you, and I don't tell them the person's jealous of you because they think your hair is pretty. I don't say that part. But I do say that no matter what they say, follow what you feel in your heart. And every once in a while, I might go over and touch them on their back. Your hair's still pretty. And they believe that. Where is it that we outgrow that fascination with imagination? Where is it that we take that vast presence that we are and we start limiting it and limiting it and closing it in and closing it and closing it until we have this amount of imagination? To the point when we start to pray for something that we feel really truly think that we desire, we don't believe we're going to have it. Peter was the first disciple called. And before Peter was called, he was, he was named Simon. His name meant, meant being receptive. Being receptive to the spiritual world. Being receptive to the idea of spirituality. Being receptive to truth. Being receptive to God. And the more he walked with Jesus and saw the things that Jesus was teaching, he moved into Peter, which means faith. The first step in believing it to see it, I mean, in, in, in having your prayers answered, is that you have to believe it. Before you even imagine it and go into a prayer for anything, you have to believe it. Tyler had a relationship with God. He was 10 years old. When I was 10 years old, I had a relationship with God as well. I used to have the worst nightmares in the world. And I used to have times at night where I could hear things going on in my head. I used to have what would be called night terrors. Where I'd hear, you're going to die, and all these things going on around me. And it was weird because there were weird things that would happen too. Every night, I'd close my closet door and make sure it was closed. And I'd hear it and open. And it terrorized me every single time. Every single time. This started at five years old. And my dad told me when I was around seven or eight that if you pray, he was saying it at five, but I really got it when he said, if you pray, God will protect you. 
But I said, but daddy, I hear it all around me. It's scary. I can't go to sleep at night because if I go to sleep at night and see that song, now I lay me down to sleep. Woo, that did a doozy on me because I was not laying me down to sleep after that. I was wide awake. And then having all those things going on as well was terrifying for me. So my dad told me to pray. He said, God is always with you. He said, you know how you can see the wind blowing in the, in the trees? I said, yeah. He said, can you see the wind or do you see the trees? I said, I see the trees. He said, so that means that there is a God, right? God's shaking those trees to let you know he's there. So I believed him. And I would pray. But then I got to the point where I'd pray this prayer. And I know it by heart because I prayed it for 25 years, from the age of 5 to 30. I prayed, Lord, please take these bad dreams and bad thoughts away from me. Lord, please don't let anything touch me or bite me, because I kept getting an idea something was going to come up and bite me. And then, Lord, please watch over me while I sleep. And then I realized that I, I, I heard this talk about how you pray for other people, too, and I realized I'm being selfish. So I expanded my, my focus. Lord, please take these bad dreams and bad thoughts away from us. I prayed for my family as well. Now, it didn't stop me from sleeping in the middle because my sisters and I shared the same bed. My one sister slept on that side, the other sister slept on that. And I was the oldest. I slept in the middle. My dad said, why are you sleeping in the middle? You're the oldest. I said, because if something comes on one side or the other, I can jump out. <laughs> he said, at least you're honest. <laughs> but you're the big sister. Yeah, I'll roll them over and get out. That's the privilege of being a big sister. You can choose, right? We got free will, right? I choose to give them to him first. <laughs> but then I believed in my prayer. I did. And I felt that it was my responsibility to be up all night praying. And I did. Around 5 o'clock or so when the birds would start chirping, I'd drift off to sleep for maybe an hour and a half, and then I'd get up and get ready for school. And that went on for years. But I believed it. I was like that child, and I believed it. And then when I visualized that we were safe, it was because I believed it first. And then I started visualizing angels around us and protecting us. And then I started visualizing angels around our house and protecting us. But somewhere along the line through life, I lost that expansive imagination. And I'm starting to tap back into it. So now when I pray, I have faith that it is so. I know that if I desire to step into something, I know that it is because desire means of the Father. And I know that God only wants good for us, and absolute good at that. And so as I pray, I go into a space of, of faith. I use my Peter faculty. I use the faculty of faith in my head. And it's interesting because all of your thinking powers and attributes are right at the top. And all of your emotions and creative energies are at the bottom. And right in the center is where your thoughts meet your creativity, your emotions. And right in the center is where you feel into your prayer. And it's a powerful thing because if you think about it, this Horizontal is how you relate to the world. This is how you relate to God. They meet in the middle. So when you pray, 
You move into faith in your head. And you allow the emotion to swirl through your body. And you connect the thought, what you're speaking, thinking, and saying, with the, fear, the emotion of it, and you feel it into your prayer. you got to believe it to see it. And when you see it in your mind, God will show it to you. When you see it in your mind, then you speak it and affirm it. We've talked about affirmations, right? We've talked about affirming it. But in order, in order for you to truly believe it, seriously, in order for you to truly believe it, you, just like me, have to have a relationship with God. How can you believe God if you don't know God? Seriously, if God's trying to talk to you, how can you hear God if you're not listening and communicating with God? If you don't have the ears to hear and the eyes to see, how can you really hear what God is desiring for your life? It's like wah, 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 wah. Charlie Brown, right? You never saw the teachers either in the background. All you heard was wah, wah, wah. What? What did you say? Wah, 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 wah. Oh, okay. That's how we are with God. That's how we are with God. I invite us today to move, number one, into that relationship with God. That's our fourth unity principle, that through prayer and meditation, you sit with God in this, like we did this every morning, every Sunday morning, we sit with God to open ourselves up to hear what God has to say. But you got to connect first. Seriously, you got to connect. The little boy in the story ended up dying. But he had touched so many hearts that the people at the school, his kid, his, uh, the kids at the school all wrote letters to God. And there was an event, a benefit for the hospital of the, with the children who were all going through some type of disease or something. And the mailman who had become friends with them, he, he was, uh, the original mailman had gone on leave and there was a substitute one. And he had become friends with, with Tyler. He had them bring in that big old bag of letters to God and put them right before him to show him what he inspired. Because he didn't understand. He knew that there was a reason for what he was going through. But looking at those hundreds of letters, he had inspired people. Now, this was inspired by a true child. He didn't live past 10, but his legacy did. Because people are still writing letters to God, inspired by him. You know how you write a letter to God? You connect your thoughts with God. You don't have to write it on paper. You visualize what God has for you to be in this moment and for the rest of, how you are to be an expression of heaven on earth. You connect with God. Every time you connect with God, that's a love letter to God. Did you know that? That's whispering sweet nothings in God's ears. Mm. <laughs> and when you whisper sweet nothings in God's ears, God answers you. But only when you're connected. So the first part of having an answered prayer is that you got to believe it to see it. 
Open your imagination. I ask us all to expand our imagination. Expand your imagination. So that when you step into it and, and expand it with faith. And before you pray, before you pray, be like a little child. That's the only way you can get into that spiritual consciousness. Seriously, if you're trying to logically figure something out, you're not going to get there. You got to release all that you know about your situation and your circumstances, and you got to trust God. You know how kids trust you? That's on the one hand, it's amazing because you can mold them, but on the other hand, you got to still teach them to look out for strangers and not believe everything everybody says because there are those who will take advantage of that. But if we can cultivate that inner child and move into a deeper space of faith, open up the Peter faculty in the mind, and then right there in the third eye, in the middle, you will visualize, because God communicates through, uh, to us through symbols and images, and we take those images, they're called spiritual ideas, divine ideas. In the mind of God, was the divine idea of human, let us make man, in our image and likeness. And then we were imaged and, liked and, and created in the likeness of God. We do the same thing through our thoughts. Connect with God. Trust in God. Go into spiritual imagination. Be like a child. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to you. It's not supposed to make sense to you. If it makes sense to you, you're creating it on your own. Go past it. And ask God, what is it for me to do today? Now, that was crazy for me because sometimes God will say, go talk to that lady. I don't know this lady. But I do it. And I'll go, I don't even know what I'm going to say most of the time. But I visualize that what I will say is going to connect. And then I go to talk to the person. The first time I did it, we were at Renaissance Unity, um, me and the guy I was dating at the time were at Renaissance Unity. It was a lady coming out. It was uh, the night before Christmas. They had a Christmas Eve ceremony or whatever. And she was coming out. And I said, wait a minute. I got to tell this lady something. And I walked over to her. And I said, hi, how are you? I said, I don't know if this is going to make any sense to you. But I feel your husband with you. He's his, he wants me to tell you that he loves you. He does hear you. He's always with you. And yes, to whatever it is you were asking him, yes. And she gave me this huge hug and told me, thank you. Her husband had just died. And she told me, thank you. Now, there are so many different times that I've mentioned things to people. Some of you I might have mentioned to, when I first met you. <laughs> I had to walk in faith, Debbie, when I came out and started asking you, can I ask you a question that day? Because remember I said, can I ask you a question that day? And most of the time, that's where how it starts off. Can I say something? Can I ask you a question? Because I'm nervous in the moment. But I have to step into what I hear because it's not my message. It's not for me. And it doesn't feel good until I pass on the seed of what God wants me to say. And when I pass on the seed of what God wants me to say, I blossom because it's come through me as the vessel, but they blossom even more. Would it be okay if I said that you have uh, blossomed since then? This was last year, wasn't it? 
Wow. Follow your imagination. Walk in faith when you do it. Affirm that relationship with God. And whatever you are led to do, do it as a heart of a child. Because when you do that, you will start believing it. And whatever it is your heart desires, that's the only way you can truly see it. You will see it in the spirit realm. And as you see it in the spirit realm, it will manifest in this realm. Does that make sense? I will believe it together. So that I can see it. And open my arms arms to receive it. it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. pray. Amen. Amen. I'm done. That's it. Sky.